What we have here, so as I said, tonight we are going to be focusing on adaptogens, but I just wanted to go back a little bit. When I talk about your cycle, I talk about a textbook 28-day cycle. That does not mean that if you have 22 or 41 days um, that you are not healthy. You are. in. It's your unique hormone profile. The, the things we want to watch are, does my cycle change every month? Okay. They're the things that we want to look at. But if your cycle is 35 days every month, then just here, which is between day seven and 14, which is the, um, the follicular phase, phase two, that's the phase that's going to extend. All right. It's the only phase that gets longer. So I just want did these pretty pictures for you from day one, which is your first day of bleeding. Hormones go super low till around about six, seven, sometimes eight days, depending. Okay, that's phase one. Then we move into phase two here. We're going to hit ovulation around days 10 to 14. That's where you're either a lovely human and can do everything or not a very nice human like myself. But that's where we are. It's a couple of days. Be kind to yourself and you know it's going to pass. And as you see here, I've done all the different hormones in different colors, which I'll show you in a second. But I'll just whiz through this. You can always go back and have a look. Or you, as always, you can reach out to me. These hormones here are pushed up by luteinizing hormones and so forth. So We'll name those in a second, but this is pretty much where your estrogen gets pushed up nice and high and you can ovulate. Okay. We skip ovulation a couple of times a year and an ovulatory cycle is absolutely normal for a female um, as we go up here. And then we're going to drop off so that progesterone can come up and we can have a nice high hormones in that lovely phase for where we burn our house down in our head. So and that all drops off again and we do it all again. Isn't that a lovely little cycle? It's a nice little picture for you guys. So as you've got here, um, I named everything for you. Um, this is the, the, the kind of like the slide that we like to use. Um, follicular phase is phase one, phase two. Early follicular phase is when we get our period. And then here in follicular phase is phase two in our ovulation. All right understanding that you are sometimes a nice person and sometimes not. 50% of women are great and the other 50% are not so good. I'm not really good on days 12 or 13. It's not a good day for me. Um, too high estrogen does, doesn't work for me. So I just see, you know, I play it by ear. I don't think too much about it, but I there are a couple of triggers where I'm like, oh, what day is it? Okay, that's okay. I'll be right tomorrow. I'll just back it off a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then we've got this big surge of luteinizing hormone. This is all before perimenopause, mind you. So this is really what your cycle looks like before you hit perimenopause. So leading up to around 40 to 43, 44, give or take. We don't really know. After we ovulate, we're going to move into the luteal phase. So this is where your estrogen and your luteinizing hormone are going to drop off. 
and your progesterone here is going to kick up. Now, progesterone is a catabolic hormone. That means it is eating away at your tissue. So what do we do? How do we support our body in that phase? Increase protein. Phase three is not a time to be in a calorie deficit. You're going to get cravings. You're going to note any of you that are, I know a lot of you are in the, in the deficit at the moment. Are you noticing more cravings in phase three and four? Yes, Alex. <laughs> oh. um, that's because this is the time that one, progesterone is very, very high, a catabolic hormone. So it's going to break down tissue because it wants to break down the lining of the, of the uterus. So it's just human nature. Also, what you'll notice are the cravings that come are because you need more protein. You need more calories to build the lining in the uterus. It's just how it is. So either go to maintenance so that you don't get the cravings um, and then go back down into your deficit in phase one and two where your blood sugar level's good, you have no cravings, you have no, um, what do you call it, no... Uh, like spikes or anything and no mood changes. Yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. And we've just been taught along the way, like, oh, you're hormonal, grab some chocolate or I'm craving chocolate. Now I want something sweet. Now I want something salty. What if you just bumped your calories up about 150 for that kind of period of time? No more cravings. Do you also notice that you don't really lose any weight? in these kind of 10 days? Does your weight maybe stay the same going up a little bit with water? Probably, because it's not the time of the, of the months for the body to be thinking about losing any weight because we want to build a baby. Your body doesn't care about your journey that you're on. It cares about its main role and its superpower, which is to create a child. So the best thing for you to do is work with your physiology and not against it. So support your body where you need. And if that during that luteal phase is not a time for you to go into any form of calorie restriction. But in saying that, if you are, then you need to just be aware of, okay, it's going to be a tough couple of weeks and then I'll be good again. So that's totally up to you. But just giving you that kind of like heads up of why you're having the cravings and an increase of calories will not make you put on weight at all. It will just support what's happening in your physiology. So all of these things I had for you guys last time, but we're not going to have uh, too much time for those tonight. But what I did is I put everything into colors is what I do with lifting women. So with lifting women, we work with the four colors. Yellow is always phase one, phase two is red, phase three is green, and phase four is teal. That's just how we do it. Um, and it's just all those things. Please go back and have a look at this. I'm just kind of talking through it so that you guys can pause. Uh, we will not dive too deep into that. And if it's super interesting for you guys, we can do another talk on it. Absolutely no problem at all. And then we're going to move into training. So you also can pause this and just have a look. Again, your reminder um, or take a screenshot, but I think you guys can always go back and have a quick look. So you've got your phase one, two, three, and four. The way I structure it, what happens to me in phase one when I'm training? Yellow. What happens to my body in phase two in training? Red, okay? That's the way I want you to look at these slides. Nutrition, what happens to me in phase one? Stay on track. 
This is the best time for you to be 100% on your meal plan. And I'm not talking about hitting your macros for the day at nighttime in that meal. I'm talking about nutrition timing throughout the day, supporting the activity that you're doing. Otherwise, that workout is a waste of time. You're in a catabolic state. Make sure you fuel in and around your training. And that's also when you go for a run halfway through the day. Have I eaten something in the last hour? Yes or no? Recovery is a massive pillar in what I preach and what I promote also for all of you. Don't overtrain. Do not do it. It will not get you anywhere in anything that you do. Focus on your recovery. Focus on your nutrition. Mindset. Over here is so important. Look what I did for you guys. I am loved. I am enough. And this too shall pass. Phase four. We love you. It'll go away. It'll go away. Just be kind to yourself. And that's where your adaptogens are going to come in because I'm going to support you with these gorgeous botanical roots. All right. If you're on the pill and some of you used to be on the pill, so I think it's nice for you to see what happens. So you saw that slide that I created for you before with those beautiful big like swishy, um, you know, progesterone and estrogen. So I had the yellow, the orange and the purple and the blue and the green. Look at this. This is what the oral contraceptive does to your body. It's a, that's abuse. I'm sorry. That just should, that is just unbelievable. What happens here is not a lot. That's when you take your pill and that's as much as that it happens. That's it. You get none of this and you get none of this. No luteinizing hormone stimulant, no follicular stimulating hormone. These hormones are not just reproductive hormones. These hormones are for your cardiovascular, they're for your brain, they're for cognitive, like for so many different functions in the body. Okay. So if you're on the pill for PCOS, endometriosis, and so forth, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally understand because there's nothing else to help you right now. So this is the best thing. And as long as we're getting that lining to come out, it's not your period, but at least you're getting that withdrawal bleed then you're getting rid of that buildup of lining, which is very, very important. Um, and get ready. I did a perimenopause or menopause slide. Are you ready for it? There you go. <laughs> I love it. So this is what's happening. We don't really know what's happening, do we? <laughs> now, I totally understand that a lot of you are like, yeah, but I'm only 35 or 36. Good. You should know what is going to happen to you and what you're implementing into your lifestyle now, which is your strength training, your nutrition, your increase in protein, nutrition timing, will help you glide through this phase of your life, okay? So supporting your body now and your physiology now is going to help you later on in your life. Trust me, you do not want to be hitting perimenopause going, I need to start strength training. As you can see here, it's just um, a beautiful swiggly up and down. So it's just how it is. That's what happens, okay? Um, unfortunately, there's no real sign in saying when we're going to hit that. Um, and you've just got to start. Hopefully, you're all tracking your cycle. So you'll know, okay, if I'm starting to notice different changes in my bleed pattern. So maybe one month, for example, my last 
period was six days and I bled the whole time. The one before that was still 28 days, but it was three days of bleeding. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely, this is like the fourth time my bleed pattern has started to change. So whether it's going a bit longer or shorter or your bleed pattern starts to change, then you are going to be having these different fluctuations of hormones through your body. So how do we support that? The first thing we think of is we go to the doctor and from what I'm noticing, from what I'm noticing with all of you is a lot of you are being put on HRT straight away, which is your hormone replacement treatment, right? Uh, sorry, yeah. And I, I don't like to really call it a hormone replacement. I like to just call it, a, you know, a support more, more so, like a hormone support. Um, I am very, very supportive when it comes to the hormone support treatment. but but it is and should not be the first offer that a doctor gives you. It just shouldn't be because does the doctor ask you, are you training and, and you know, what are you doing in your kind of environment? How does your environment look? And these are the questions that you can start to ask yourself. And that's why I'm here to support you to say, all right, I'm starting to notice changes and I'm talking changes like, bleed pattern changes, hot flushes, can't sleep at night, um, very, very moody, like really, really up and down, um, major anxiety, brain fog, can't remember things, um, you know, all of those, look at me, uh, what was I saying? Um, all of those, all of those types of things. And you go, I want you to start, do a little, do a little checklist. Okay. Am I doing strength training for the phase that I'm in in my life? So if I'm under 40, your rep ranges can be, you know, 10 to 12 for hypertrophy, that's fine. If I'm starting to notice any form of change, then my training needs to change too. Because your hormones, as I showed you in that one before, this one, because your hormones are changing, then you need to be getting an external stimulation from outside. All right. And that's why your strength training is going to change. Other thing is, how's your nutrition? Am I eating for the phase of my life that I'm in? Because what worked 10 years ago, I tell you now, it's not going to work. It's just not. You can have your favorite foods and that type of thing, but you need to be aware of gut microbiome, lots and lots of fruits and veggies, nice lean proteins, increase in protein. So Two grams per kilo of, of body weight is what a female over 40 needs. It's just research is in. That's what we're that's what we're working with. Um and yeah, and just really supporting that pre and post kind of uh workout. So let's dive into adaptogens. Right. I'm gonna put my glasses on. So I've got my notes. Um okay. Here we go. Oh, hang on. Let me check. Do I have any questions? Chat. Oh, I can't see it. Oh. All right, I think I have to get rid of my screen. I'll do the. I'll do the questions at the end. Promise. Promise. Oh, we're good for time. Okay. 
Here we go. So all my knots. I am a massive fan of adaptogens um, just because it's it, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of side effects and the benefits um, are just skyrocketing. Like there's just so many wonderful wonderful things in regards to adaptogens. They are based from plants, so it's a botanical root. All right, they've been researched up the Wuha, and no one uses them because they don't make the farmer doesn't make any money on them. So the reason that your doctor isn't probably bringing them up is because the pharmaceutical companies don't make money from them, all right? So I'm telling you now that they are researched through and through and through and through. It's back in the old Chinese medicine. Um, and what it does is it really increases your body's resistance to stress with your body. So in saying that, if you give, say, for example, you go with one of the calming ones like ashwagandha, what it does is it works together with your receptors and it says, okay, where, where is she? What's happening? She's too, she's too up. I need to bring her down. Or she's too down. I need to bring her up. So that is just absolutely beautiful. And it works together with your physiology. So everything that I've been trying to implement to, you can go on and off it in a day. There's absolutely nothing happening. No side effects, only benefits. But I do stress that if you are on any thyroid tablets, any blood pressure or the HRT, unfortunately you need to consult your doctor because then you cannot go on these because they play with the receptors in your thyroid and your T4 and your T3. Um, Duh, 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 duh. All right, here we go. So my, I've just put my favorites up here in what I work a lot with, okay? Now, you want to go with a, a botanical root um, or, an, or a, an adaptogen. Think of your biggest symptom. So I want you to all right now just have what's the, the one thing that pops into your head every time um, I say to you like a symptom of where you're at in your life right now. So the one thing that pops in, is it brain fog? Is it hot flush? Is it, um, you know, depression, anxiety? Are you really struggling with that? And I, you don't have to be over 40. I've got 17-year-old girl, girls because of goddamn social media. I've got 17-year-old girls on ashwagandha and holy basil, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So it's got nothing to do with where you're at, but because... It has um, such a massive effect on perimenopause and hormonal balances. Um, we are really pushing it towards that perimenopause stage. So here we have the lovely Rhodiola Rosa. So I'm just going to go through my notes here. So you can listen to this again. And I've just put the main stuff up here for you to see. Now, if you are... This is a stimulating one. So if you're someone who feels very fatigued and very tired and, and low mojo, this is something for you, okay? So combating fatigue and improving cognitive function. This is what we want to be looking at here. So rhodiola is sometimes also known as your golden root. It's a very, very natural stimulant, and it's going to help you balance out your levels um, of your neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, that's really going to balance those things out, which is great. It's fantastic during menopause years, so both perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. Um, 
they're really, really good to get all of this balanced out just because it's like the mood swings and anxiety that are contributing to your hot flashes. It's going to balance those out as well. So taking rhodiola can improve your concentration. It's also going to reduce your mental fatigue. It's going to decrease anxiety and irritability. Like if you're getting a bit irritable, um, it also could decrease the frequency of severe hot flashes. All right. So if you're someone who's suffering from that, definitely rhodiola is definitely going to be a massive support for you on this one. Um, I also like it just because it normalizes the release of your natural stress hormone, particularly cortisol. So the cortisol, we do want to have cortisol in our body. It's not a bad hormone, but it is good to get that kind of, I don't know, get it down a bit so that that stress, that kind of anxiety that's coming up, we, we don't want to have that too much. Um, anything else that I wrote down here? I really like it because it pairs very, very well with Shishandra, which I wrote down as here. So I like to pair anyone who's, who's worked with me from the turtle group know that I will ask you to try one first and I will pair it with another one. Okay. So the two that I paired today are the rhodiola and the shishandra. So if you're someone who feels that you're very fatigued and you would like to be stimulated, then I would suggest that you start with shishandra, which I'll explain to you in a second, see how you feel after two weeks, and then jump onto your rhodiola and choose that. Okay. Now, what do I buy and how much do I take? This is, of course, if you're on nothing else at all, no thyroid, no blood pressure tablets, no nothing, then um, I've got down here around 150 milligrams of rhodiola twice a day, okay? You want to buy the organic version of it. So 150 milligrams a day or twice a day and have it in the morning and then around lunchtime. Anything that is a stimulant, don't have too late in the afternoon because you won't sleep properly, okay? So any of the stimulating adaptogens, so your shishandra, your maca, and your rhodiola, I want all of those under two o'clock, okay? So you can have it first one in the morning in your smoothie, and then the next one you can have around lunchtime. Try 150 milligrams of that for about two weeks, and then pair it with Shashandra after about, yeah, after about two weeks and see how you feel. Um, Going to jump straight over to Maca while we're still on stimulants. Maca is my go-to. This little bad boy has changed my life. So I'm a competitive athlete. Um, I'm, I don't even know what to say. It's like, the, the way that the way that so I wrote it down, it is a sex hormone support. So easy, ladies, easy. It really is. It's it will get your sex drive up and like running. Trust me on that one. But in saying that, um, maca for me is the number one all rounder when it comes to adaptogens. Um, so if you're looking for just to have one. Buy the powder of maca, not matcha or any of those green things. Maca, M-A-C-A. It's like a, a, it's like ginseng, like a root, and it's been grounded down. 
Don't have it on its own. I tried it with water first. Please don't do that. It's not very nice. Put it in your smoothie. You won't even know the difference. Um, it's fantastic. It's a very, very strong anti-inflammatory. Very, very strong. So if you're noticing joint pain or any of those types of things, also you'll notice a big change in that. And fantastic. Emma, I saw you nodding before for brain fog. Maca has just seriously changed my life. And I was on ashwagandha and um, rhodiola shishandra mix. And I've gone off those and I'm only on Maca for about eight weeks now. And I don't even know if I'm going to order the ashwagandha again, even though ashwagandha is just a beautiful, beautiful botanical root to have. I feel fantastic on Maca. Yeah. It's an, it gives you a bit of a natural high. So maybe on that, it will definitely look after um, night sweats or hot sweats. And anyone who's suffering from like early menopausal, uh, perimenopausal symptoms, Maca is a fantastic friend for you to at least start on and see how it reacts with your body. Okay. Again, these are all like natural. You can jump on and off them. I would give them at least two weeks to start to work because they do take a bit of time to work with your body. Um, Shashandra, you gorgeous beast. Shashandra boosts endurance, mental performance, and working capacity. It's also known as like a five-flavored fruit, um, the magnolia berry. Maybe you guys have heard something about that. And it's it's used a lot to mix with different things in Chinese medicines. It stimulates your central nervous system. So it's really going to start to improve cognition, balance in your new uh, neurotransmitters, which is just if you guys get on these things, I tell you, you'll be writing to me just going, Alex, where have you been all my life? So um, I also really love here um, what I took note of for, for all of you is it really will improve your energy level. Um, clearing out brain fog. This is a massive thing for a lot of us, I know. Um, so just working together with your physiology and just getting rid of that annoying brain fog. If any of you are experiencing it, you know just how horrible and frustrating it can be. And also for people around you, how frustrating it can be as well. So um, if you're going through menopause, perimenopause, if you're heading into that area, just have these stuff written down. So if you do start to notice it, you can include it. Um, it'll give you a, a it just give you a calm energy and a nice focus. So Shashandra is a beautiful adaptogen. It's a stimulant. Start taking um, Shashandra first, 500 milligrams to two grams a day. So your smallest dosage is your 500 milligrams um, or like 1.5 to 6 grams of crude Shashandra. But it depends on what you buy. Don't be afraid to message me and say, Alex, this is a picture of the one I got. Please, please go for an organic, organic um, adaptogen because I took something down here. Um, wait. Oh, I took a note somewhere where you, what one you should get. I'll try and find it. I took a note, just just what type of adaptogens to buy. Um, but if you go on Amazon and that type of thing, just make sure you get the pure one. So if you want want to get, for example, Shashandra, then just make sure it's a good quality Shashandra. That's all you have to really look for. Um, 
It also acts like a weak form of estrogen, Shashandra. Okay, so it's going to give you that extra uh, support that you, that you need um, when there's like the fluctuations of estrogen. Um, so many studies done on this. It's just beautiful. So as I said, 500 milligrams to two grams daily of Shashandra extract. And the powder is a little bit bitter, um, but it definitely does have a nutty kind of flavor and it goes really well with coffee. So Shashandra is good if you drink black coffee or you want to put it in your um, fortified coffee in the morning because I know that you're all fueling your workouts with your lifting women fortified coffee. So you can put your maca in there and a bit of Shashandra. You'd be good to go. Um, please also avoid taking this late in the afternoon or in the evening. It does have a bit of a caffeine effect without having that heart rate. It won't, won't give you any heart rate or heart palpitation or anything. So these ones are kind of my three favorite um, stimulating. And when I say stimulating, don't confuse that with coffee, like caffeine, for example. Don't confuse the whole, oh, no, I can't, like I get heart palpitations and then, and then I can't have that or I can't have too much tea. They don't give that to you. They work with your physiology. It sounds crazy, I know, because we're given so many other pills and so many other things, but the beauty of these incredible adaptogens, they just work with your physiology, and it's just so freaking awesome. Right. Um, I know there's lots of questions in the chat box, but I actually don't know how to get rid of this and then get it back up again, so I'm going to come back and I'll go to the questions in a second. Um, so we move over to calming. Why would we take a calming adaptogen? Because we're noticing the anxiety, the feeling of feeling overwhelmed. Um, and again, this is not about where you are or your perimenopause or any of that. If you're feeling like it's too much and you're constantly focusing on the, the bigger picture, um, and I know that that life can get heavy. Trust me, I'm right there with you. I'm a functioning one of those as well. Um, these bad boys are just brilliant. So as I mentioned, I've got some young girls on them already and they're just working wonders for these gorgeous girls. Um, again, I'm not against any form of hormone support. I'm not against any form of antidepressants or any of those things if the doctor recommends that for you. Quality of life is so important. And especially as you start to, to get over into that perimenopause, I want women to talk about this. I want women to communicate with each other and say, you know, I'm sweating or I'm doing this or I wet my pants or you know, how do we get support is through communication and talking to each other, okay? So the calming one is a big thing for me. Um, and we go to the first one, which is ashwagandha. And ashwagandha is acting as a hormonal, um, like, can you just go, sorry, can you give me one second? My child is father is calling a hundred times and he's doing Halloween. Just give me one moment, please, ladies.
All right. My child is on Halloween and he's coming home early. Okay. So ashwagandha. Um, ashwagandha has main function is acting as a hormonal persecutor. So it's going to increase your luteinizing hormone, which is your T3 and T4. That's why I said if you are on any form of thyroid tablets or anything, then um, it's you, you need to speak to your doctor. You can't, you can't go on any of these, okay, because it's going to interfere with your medication. And, okay, um, reduces cortisol, as I wrote there. It's definitely anti-anxiety, uh, antidepressant. And as I've put in red, it increases luteinizing hormone. This is going to get rid of brain fog. So calming you down, working with your physiology, lowering the cortisol. It's going to help with insulin sensitivity and blood sugar control. Uh, this is a big thing for a lot of you, I know. So it's going to make you less inclined to store fats. So if you're somebody who is a bit stressed and has that high cortisol, the good thing about ashwagandha is it helps with the insulin sensitivity and your blood sugar. So therefore, it's just it's going to help that balance out um, if you're somebody who, who tends to store fat through st stress, which is, of course, going to be your visceral fat around your stomach. That's where you're going to really notice it. Um, what else have I got here? There has been rumours, uh, but I, I'm still trying to find those, those tests, uh, those researchers, sorry, that it does uh, improve strength and endurance. Um, but I can kind of believe that, to be honest. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm waiting to hear about a couple of athletes have said they, they feel that it does. But I know The Rock, he uses ashwagandha daily. So, you know, look at that gorgeous human. Um, he should be a good advocate for it. When you're taking um, ashwagandha, it pairs very, very well with holy basil. That's why I've put it here for you. And um, 250 milligrams a day for stress reduction or anti-inflammatory benefits. So 250 milligrams a day. And look for, oh, yeah, that's where I wrote it here. You want to look for ashwagandha, but also the other stuff, but mainly your ashwagandha should contain with no like analytes or saponins. Um, so you want to keep away from anything with alkaloids in it, in the roots. And that's why I say go for your organic one. Okay. And really like the real organic one. So it's really nice and clean. Um, and it just, yeah, it's going to pair with your holy basil. You can take this one in the afternoon because it's a calming all right. So any of your calming adaptogens, you can take those in your in the afternoon with your tea or with your coffee or anything like that. And um, it's going to give you definitely a better sleep. So it will will definitely have a better sleep. And it yeah, because it's just bringing down that cortisol. There's not a lot too much to say there. Um, again, stay away from anything uh, if you're on thyroid and blood pressure or hormone sensitive kind of things. Holy basil, anxiety and stress reduction. Again, they pair well together. They do say to start with holy basil first. All right. So if you want to have one that's going to calm you down, then I want you to start with holy basil first. Give it two weeks 
take 500 milligrams twice a day of your holy basil. And then two weeks later, if you feel like, oh yeah, I could do with a bit more, you can try your ashwagandha together with that. All right. You'll find online, some of them are mixed together, like rhodiola and shishandra mixed or ashwagandha and the, go separate. Please go separate. Start off with one only. See how it starts to make you feel. Again, if you want to try any of them, just, just one to start with, then go with your maca powder. Um, holy basil also reduces blood clotting capacity, okay? So don't use it if you're on any form of like anti, um, what are they called? Coglid, you know, clotting, anti-clotting uh, medication. Stay away from your holy basil from that because it does reduce clotting and we don't want to have, have that. So I think just in general, if you're on any form of medication, you can check in with, with me and I can give you some advice um, to go and see your doctor or whatever, but it's always good to go and check with your doctor. Well, I say that now and half of them just a textbook, but there are some good ones out there. Um, what else do we have? I think ashwagandha is also really good for sore muscles. Like if you tend to get really sore muscles. Okay. I'm going to, did I have another one for you? Oh, I did. I had a little nice little oh, sign for you. So you can also take a screenshot of that. Or I think when you rewatch it, you can see this, but I just did. So you got your stimulating ones, which is your Shashandra and your rhodiola. Um, again, showing that you start with Shashandra. So at the top, try this one first, and then two weeks later, go into your rhode rhodiola. If you want to go for the big bang, take the macro on its own and let me know how you feel in two weeks. Um, calming, here we have um, holy basil, a couple of things, what it does, ashwagandha, just gorgeous. They're just absolutely beautiful um, things to include in, in your, in your body. Um, okay. So no, we don't want you. How do I, oh, thank you. How do I stop recording? No, we don't want that. Oh, oh there we go. Oh, here we go. Get rid of this. Then I come back to, and how do I stop sharing um i guess you just press stop sharing don't you hello ladies oh, i better leave those on i can't see anything okay here we go whoa we're lucky to have you oh thanks here we go does this also apply to the marina coil um the coil is actually since if you've got anything from 2018 up so any of the new coils, fantastic. You might not get a bleed from the coil. That's not a bad thing. It just means that the lining's not that thick, all right? Don't, don't be afraid if you're not getting a big bleed, and especially in the first six to eight months that you get the coil in or the IUD, you're not going to have, um, a you're not going to have an actual period, okay? Uh, you will have all your symptoms. If you're unsure where you are in your cycle, so if you're like, but on the coil, I don't know where I am. I'm not bleeding. Take your body temperature for eight weeks and just have a look where it's increasing for a couple of days. And then um, 
and then you'll know yeah I think Alex sorry that was me that was asking it was because I was on the coil for really heavy periods but I'm perimenopausal and when you put the slide up that was showing what the pill does to your your um not the coil it doesn't right that's what I was asking it it doesn't do the same thing no because you're getting you're getting the luteinizing hormones. So you're getting estrogen, yeah. you're getting progesterone, you're getting all the wonderful hormones for your body. Whereas on the pill, you're not. Yeah. So you're good. You're good to go there. Um, you have ashwagandha, Emma. Yes. Love it. Ashwagandha is included in my feel skincare supplement. So it is burdock root extract and green tea. Yeah. The problem is with all of these, you only get little bits of little bits. And when I'm talking botanical, botanical root, I'm looking like, get a hit of it. Get a hit. <clears throat> I've got all the, I've written down all the um, amounts, which I said also, so go back and have a look. But, um, you know, as always, you feel free to send me a message on Instagram. Tell me what your biggest um, symptom is, all right, whatever that is, and then I'll tell you what, to, what you need to take. Uh, brain fog, brain fog, brain fog. Oh, I love this. Anxiety, brain fog. Yes, yes. Can you take too many different supplements? Are there ones that shouldn't be taken together? Um, there's not ones that shouldn't be taken together other than supp- when you talk about supplements, you just want to be careful of the medication that you're on compared to the supplementation that you're bringing in. Now, any form of supplementation that is working together with your physiology is of course, we want to just be careful of our thyroid and our hormone profile. That's the most important thing. And any, you know, blood pressure, blood clotting, all of those types of stuff as well. Um, But supplementation, the ones that the women, like you guys should be on are creatine is your number one. You should all be taking creatine, pregnant, young, old, whatever, buster on it. You should be on it. Powdered form, put it in your um, coffee, smoothie that I told you to have in the morning. Okay. Every single day, teaspoon. That's just how it is. Your second is your protein supplement. I'd prefer you get it from whole foods always first, but if you cannot, and as a woman to get two grams per kilo of body weight a day is a lot of protein. Don't be afraid to get a good quality protein supplement there. Okay. Have it in the morning, have it as your last meal, put it over your oats, but really also trying to get your lean meats or your lean kind of, you know, plant-based, whatever you're on. Um, Beautiful study just came out about tofu. 200 grams of tofu a day supports perimenopause, like hot flushes and everything. Fancy that. Who would have thought? Just thought I'd put that in there. Um, Can you take maca if you are on HRT? Do you know? It's a good question. Wait, I wrote something down. Caution. Okay, MAC is going to regulate your adrenal and your thyroid function. Um, don't use MACA if you're on thyroid medication. Hmm. Some of the con- some of the MACA is going to contain. Um, I wonder. Do you know what I'm going to find out? So I've just had a gynecologist, the hormone queen, join Lifting Women as my consultant. So good. So we're going to do a Q&A for her. I'm going to do a Q&A for you guys with her. Um, 
I'm going to bring her on here. I think that's good. So hold all of those wonderful questions. Um, I'm going to also find out find out about that, to be honest, Emma. I'm not really sure. Um, check with your doc as well, maybe. So whoever gave you HRT, ask if you can take maca. You read somewhere um, that raw maca doesn't have the same effect. effect. Do we need to look out for anything on the label? Organic powdered maca. That's literally what you're going to go for. Yeah. Do you think if you're on an antidepressant and you take ashwagandha, you could gradually reduce your antidepressants and eventually just take the ashwagandha? This is just my personal opinion, but yes. I think go on holy basil first and then implement your ashwagandha and your maca. I'm a functioning depressant. So I had a very, very bad postnatal depression, um, not to hurt myself or my child, just didn't, didn't know who I was, couldn't recognize myself, didn't know what clothes to put on, nothing uh, for eight months. So it was horrible. And I got myself out of it by taking all of these. And it does help when you almost self-diagnose. So if you're not that far gone, um, but I do believe that the impact that botanical root has had on my life is phenomenal. So I'm, I'm a functioning depressant. I get anxiety a lot and stuff like this. Um, but it's also the environment that I put myself in. So I do catch myself and I know my triggers and I have, you know, things around the house that help. Um, but I, I really, really stand behind everything that I say and that I preach. And I've experienced a lot in my life. And there's not a lot that I'll talk about that I haven't actually done. So I, I know what I know, but I know I'll be the first to admit if I don't know and I'll find out for you, okay? Can you take a stimulating adapt, adaptogen in the morning and then a calming one in the evening? Yeah, totally. So go for your shishandra in the morning on your, or your maca um, and then have your ashwagandha or your rhodiola in the, in the evening or your holy basil. Yeah, absolutely. You can take take that for 100%. Um, I do know actually a couple of the athletes that I work with, um, they are on um, Maka and Shashandra in the morning and they are on Ashwagandha in the evening. Yeah. And uh, tart cherry juice before you go to bed. If you can't sleep or you're having sleeping problems and you're really starting to notice that, um, whether you're in phase four, of your cycle or you are uh, in perimenopause or menopause having that tart cherry juice um creates that natural um what's it the the um, oh my god it's totally melatonin melatonin exactly the natural melatonin in the body look at who's been studying love it um so this is what you want to have and just read it on the back but you normally put it in a glass of really cold water like really cold water if you're suffering from you know getting too hot at night time um absolutely beautiful just such a beautiful remedy to sleep with um no idea whether i am peri or not i'm leading up to my period and for the first few days of it i'm experiencing night sweats and i'm I find I'm getting tired, so I should go for the maca. Okay, so what happens in phase four is our core body temperature increases. Okay, so phase four is the seven days before we bleed. 
core body temperature increases. This is the week I always, so if you go back to the slide and have a look after this, you'll see in training in phase four, I've, so I've also almost got like a natural deload week. So I don't want you throwing heavy weights. I don't want you going to for sprints or doing hit training or anything like that. Your core body temperature is high, which means that you're not going to be sleeping properly and your sleep is going to be disturbed. So therefore your recovery is also going to feel disturbed. So that's why you're going to feel tired and all of those wonderful things. Okay. Absolutely normal. Absolutely normal. Probably not going through perimenopause, just having a normal hot. So try having a glass of cold water before bed, just to kind of cool you down a little bit. Um, those things tend to help. I'm the same. Antidepressant um, helped with flushes and some anxiety. Also HRT. So not sure if I can take any of this. I'm quite shocked at the amount of English women who are on HRT. I'm really shocked. It's very different here. And can I just ask a question? I'm not, as I said, I'm not against it. I just want to know, were you asked what you were doing with your nutrition, what your training plan was like, and have you tried anything natural? Alex, I'll, I'll go because it was me who sort of put that comment. Um, I went to the GP. Um, the first response was take, these, take some antidepressants. But as I was literally ready to kill people, I thought maybe I should take them because I was really worried about myself. Mm. Um, and then I developed all the flush. I mean, I'm postmenopausal now, to be honest. Um, but they put me on HRT then. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm a nurse and but I'm a learning disability nurse and in our office, literally we're all around about the same age and every one of them are going, oh yeah, I'm on that. I'm on the gel. You need the gel and you need the tap. So I just sort of was like, and I'll be honest, I didn't ask hardly any questions. It's only now that I'm asking them really, I suspect. But it was very much, uh, well, it's antidepressants and if that's not working, then HRT. I'm they so sorry. Like about diet or training or any of that the, the, I think they asked me about drinking ironically okay because you know it, it's it's a big it's the big picture you know yeah. we have like I said quality of life during this phase is very important you should be able to keep your sex life you should not have to suffer through you know having having like pain in your vagina or anything when you're having sex that they are symptoms so how can we you know work with those there are certain like gels or whatever that you can in, um, include that really help. And that's fantastic. But when it comes to the HRT, I'm just like, it's like, I don't even get a chance to, to help you. I don't get a chance to show you this other world. And the gynecologist that I'm working with now, she's the hormone queen um, here in Berlin. She's with me, you know, she's like, let's do everything we can to um, help these women before they have to go on to HRT. And again, not that HRT is bad, but why should it be the first thing that, that you're offered? It's like this easy, see you later, walk out of my, go away from my office. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and then I know women who can't get off it. It was a major concern for me because um, my younger sisters had breast cancer. So that was the the fear for me, I suspect. Do you know? Totally. I mean, the you know the women that are that that have suffered from breast cancer are taking it over the age of sixty, for example, right, or over the age of fifty. 
Um, we want to be having it kind of under that and not for 10 or 15 years. I got friends, mums who were still on it. And the reason they're going off it is because they've got breast cancer. Um, I think it's a lot, it's a lot more guided now. It's a lot more understood now. And then, you know, questions are asked, but still, I'm really sorry that no one was there to offer you at least an alternative to try that doesn't do anything but work for you. If your symptoms are extremely, you know, rough and you are not getting quality of life, then yes, let's try the next step. But I'm like, this is so unfair. I have this beautiful, like, you know, silver platter of, of things to offer you guys. And I feel kind of a bit beaten and I feel sad because, um, I just think that I think that you were a bit robbed from that. And I hope that, you know, you feel great now and I hope you do, you know, maybe there is some things that we can include, but at the moment, the, the research that we have done is that it, it does play with the thyroid, um, you know, with your physiology. So of course, if you're on something, it's, it's not going to be good for that medication. Hmm. But I'm glad that you could like get, get some stuff from this. Uh, my sister has breast cancer that is affected by estrogen. So she is being given hormones that will put her into menopause as of part of her treatment. She will never be allowed HRT. I know you're not supposed to take maca if you had breast cancer, but are the others okay? Do you know, I think they are. Maca, you shouldn't. Um, I think the other ones, the other Chinese medicines, what, get her doctor should know straight away, but definitely, yeah, find out. And can you let me know too, Gillian? Can you let me know what they say there? Um, I'd be curious to find out about that. Maybe you can put even put it in the group for everybody else to know as well. That'd be awesome. Ladies, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I hope that you could take something away from this. And if it's not for you, maybe it's for your daughter or somebody that you know. And maybe that's how we get the word out, you know. Um, I hope so. If you have any questions, as always, send me a message on Instagram. Okay. Um, stay tuned. You might see me a bit more wink, wink, um, in the coming weeks. So yeah, I love this. Thanks for this lovely chat. We should have a glass of wine one night. Shouldn't we, when we do this, be fun. Maybe Christmas. Maybe we get all jolly at Christmas and Emma can cook and we'll drink. <laughs> Oh, thanks, everybody. I hope you got something from that. Again, if you like those slides that I just kind of slid through at the beginning, um, they were from the other, other talks that we did on the different phases. I am going to be doing one focused on perimenopause, menopause. Uh, that's going to kind of deep dive into that. I'm not sure if that's going to be the next one or not because um, there's a couple of things coming up for challenges for you guys in the next couple of weeks for your Christmas challenges. Um, but definitely the next talks will be on perimenopause, menopause, what happens there? How do I know I'm in it? How do I get tested for it? All of that. And what can I do to support my body, um, through training and all those things. But listen, this, this talk is for you guys. Okay. So anyone who's not here and listening later, you got to reach out to me or to Scott and say, can Alex talk about this? You know, let's talk about this. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. All right, gorgeous women, have a wonderful evening and have an amazing week. Show up for yourself and I'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everybody.